0: Amen. Great, wonderful. So today we begin a new series. Don't talk about money. It's the series where we talk about money. Did you get? Did you get what we did there? Did, did you? Did you see what we did? You, you got it? Hey, yeah. yeah they're taking our um, cues from uh, <laughs> YouTube comments. So here we are for my next three sermons. Andre's preaching next week, uh, but today and then two weeks time in the third week, we're going to be speaking around this topic. Don't talk about money. We're going to do the opposite to what we said, and uh, we're going to be preparing ourselves to serve Jesus with what he's got. Is anyone here feeling challenged with the economy? Anyone? Anyone realizing that a loaf of bread is no longer cheap? Yes. What about the price of petrol? Hey, Ty I was saying this morning, it's coming down, apparently, two rand. Two rand. Imagine being able to drop by two rand, and it's still going to be expensive. Yeah? What about groceries? How far is your grocery budget going? Yeah? Have you been in the groceries recently, and you check someone with a full trolley? You go, yo. When I was in primary school, uh, we used to push trolleys for tips. So we were those guys that kind of loitered around, and, ma'am, can I push your trolley, please? Those are the days before car guards got cornered the market. But um, I remember some days, those days, back in the olden days, I remember people coming out the groceries with two and a half trolleys. Have you ever seen a thing like that? Now we take two and a half trolleys worth of money into the groceries and we come back with a little tro- checkers packet, right? Inflation helping you out? If you're retired, you, you know, you worry when it goes down. If you're saving, you worry when it goes up. Most of us are worried about money. Around the world, our confidence in money matters is being shaken. Those of us that thought we had stable jobs that were insecure careers, well, hello, COVID. Hebrews says that the Lord is shaking everything that can be shaken. So interestingly, when we did our planning at the beginning of the year, we planned to do what we call Financial Peace University in the fourth quarter. So you're welcome. And we've chatted around. Are we still on track? And we've been saying, man, with where the world is at, where South Africa is at right now, this is even more important. So over the next three preachers, I'm going to look at winning with money as an introduction to our Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is a biblically based money course which more than i think it's 16 million people have gone through it's uh one of the top highest listen to podcasts my point is it's not just some not just craig's ideas that i worked up last week and uh, so we're going to invite you to do to be part of that do you have peace with your money the number of people that are nodding their heads like one or two right well therefore Financial Peace University is your, is gonna be just for you. How about when you think of your future? You got money, peace, when you think of the future, it's bad now, but what about in the future? Financial Peace University will help you out. Sometimes people get uncomfortable like you are now when we talk about money in church. (laughs) But that would be the same as a doctor not talking about eating well and health and exercising Uh, and healthy living when you go to see them you know don't tell me how to live just give me the pills doctor no it's part of life in fact Jesus spoke about money all the time and so if he can so can we let me paint you a picture I've got some scriptures for us to have a look at let me paint you this picture can you imagine yourself in a world like this Ezekiel chapter 47 verse 7 says when I arrived there I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows, and where the water flows, it makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand on the shores. Um, verse, uh, the fish will be of many kinds. Verse 12 says fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter of the Bible, begins with the same image. The beauty of where the life of God flows from the temple, this is what happens. Psalm 1, you with me? Psalm 1 verse 3, the first two verses of Psalm 1 speak about what a sinning man looks like. Notice just the men, not the ladies. Verse 3 says this, that person, the godly person, is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Psalm 84, verse 5, one of the passages that brought Colette and I to Centurion, uh, the key passage that Wawa and Zandili hold on to as they planted place of Springs Church, is this, it says, Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose hearts are set on pilgrimage, as they, notice the they, as they pass through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. Matthew chapter 5, are you still with me? You're right for us to do a bit more scripture, believe it or not, in church. Okay? It says, you are the salt of the earth. Have you heard this one before? It says, salt that loses its saltiness. When I first remember my early days in the church, we used, they used to read, when salt loses its savor. Remember that? Salt that loses its saltiness is just white dust. Hey, it is no longer good for anything. It's thrown out and trampled underfoot. Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Notice the language. We must be good Uh, language scholars so here's this light what's the light the light of the world it's the gospel coming through us that one gets put on a bowl in the same way let your light shine in the same way have your eyes open so that you can actually see someone around you needing prayer or encouragement in the same way don't just shuffle past the well because you're busy and you've got your own issues to deal with your ups and your downs Keep your eyes open. There might just be a lady there who's got some relational problems. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and say you're a nice guy. No, they will glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't it amazing? What we do for Jesus brings glory to the Father. Isn't that cool? You think, oh, uh, you know, don't ask me. I'm just a worm. There's nothing I can do. No. Do, let your light shine. Be pleasant. Be ready to help someone at a well, and people will look to your Father. How cool is that? All right, just one more verse. Proverbs chapter 31. Now, if you've read, if you know Proverbs 31, you're going, oh, oh. Proverbs 31 is sometimes we give ladies a hard time, but this verse is beautiful. Proverbs 31 verse 25, it says, She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at days to come. Most of us, when we think of days to come, if there's laughter, it's hysterical laughter. (laughs) We're like, oh Lord, let me just put my head in the sand and hope for I don't know what. Yes, yes. But I love this noble lady Psalm 31 talks about. And the the kind of, the the end result is she is strong, she's dignified. And because of who she is, she can look into the future and laugh. Because she knows she's secure, not based on economy, not based on petrol price and grocery price and ups and downs. There's something else that's about to her, about her. You see, all of these passages speak of an environment where there's confidence, where there's blessing, there's generosity, and there is purpose. Did you notice that when I read all those passages? I read a bunch just in case you thought I was picking a scripture just to prove my point. There's a sense of, 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 security when you read those passages on both sides of the river. It's not just one side's good and the other side not. Both sides. The leaves are fresh. The fruit is there when it's supposed to be there. Man, I want to live in a land like that, don't you? The opposite of this is worry, panic, fear, survival. That's where it's so easy for us to live in survival land, right? Land of less than enough. The land of worry. And often we use our faith just to keep ourselves from totally falling apart. Whereas God wants us to live in this environment where where the river flows through me, where I go, the salty water around me becomes fresh. You know that difficult colleague at work? You know that one? Maybe instead of judging them, you need to be saying, man, my fresh water needs to be making his salty water fresh. You know that person you know that in their heart does grow a lemon tree? You can see it on their face. (laughs) Maybe it's your opportunity. Instead of saying, oh, I'm in a toxic work environment, maybe you need to say, the Lord has sent me. Not saying he, not consigning you to anything, but too often we're worried about exactly what Hendrick said. Too often we're worried about ourselves instead of worrying about the people around us. Yes? (laughs) Yes. the key here is life those people who are part of god's kingdom are environment changes environment changes they live differently compared to other people and because of them others live differently they who walk through the valley of baca make it a place of springs the valley of baca is a dry desert it's a real place it's a, i can show you on the map it's a real dry place of uh, uh, um, wilderness and often you went there weeping I says though people like this go through there that place becomes a place of springs so welcome this morning to don't talk about money episode one my title for the day is normal sucks because normal is broke I thought I'd at least get one amen for that. You know how hard I've worked on this, guys. My goodness, I'm sweating here. My first point to ask you this morning is, well, why be normal? Why be normal? I don't know about you, but it feels to me like we're all just trying to win at the game of life. We're playing by the same rules and we're wondering why we don't get what we want. We just think, well, that's it, I've got to play harder, I've got to work harder, hopefully I'll earn more money, hopefully somehow I'm going to get a better score in this life. The results are clear, but somehow we think that we are special. If I just play the game better, I will get better results. Have you felt like that before? I'm just stuck on this treadmill, and if I just do it better than last week, or last month, or last job, then this time it's going to go well. How How's it working for you? You know, we used to kind of get to the end of every year and think, oh Lord, how do we catch up? How, how, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the level, the pool level's gone down. You think, Lord, how do we get up? And it's Christmas now, you know? We play, think, oh, next year I'm going to play the game better. Next year I'm going to do a better budget. Next year I'm going to be more diligent with my savings. Next year, next year, next year. And look back over the next years. How's it going for you? Our culture puts us in a place where we no longer feel in control when God wants us to be free. Instead of the Christians creating culture, truth be told, most of us are pretty much following the culture. Pointing fingers today I'm at me too. For most of us, the picture I painted from the scriptures at the beginning is not our normal. Financial pews. Peace has a slogan. They say where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off mortgage has replaced the BMW as the status symbol of choice. Most of us would still prefer the BMW, truth be told. (laughs) One or two of you are like, no. I remember years ago, Colette and I, we bought a little um, VW Beetle. And uh, it was like 100,000 years old, and um, I promise, this is the truth. And uh, we got it, and we got some that, that needed a respray, so this guy did a respray. We were like, really, it was all cheap, cheap. And within five minutes, the respray, the thing popped, and the, the roof looked like a desert. And I drove it. I was parked in town, and one of our leaders in church, one of the young guys, he said to me, man, I, my friend saw you driving that beetle in in." Uh, in in town the other day. I said, Oh really? He says, Yeah, he was like, geez, your pastor all right? Like, does he still work for the church? You know? <laughs> Has he been fired and now he's like he's driving that car, you know? the truth is what are we putting what are we finding our comfort? Our, uh Acts chapter thirteen, I have to tell you this this is so beautiful. So Paul and Barnabas they embark on their first missionary journey. It's AD 44. They go up into Asia. They're at a place called Pisidian Antioch. And they go to the synagogue and they preach to the Jews. And the Jews are so angry, they, they chase them out. and they, they, So they dust their heels and they go to the Gentiles. It's beautiful. Thank you, Lord. Because if you're a Gentile like me, whew, you know. And um, they, they say this in Acts chapter 13, verse 47. It says, For this is what the Lord has commanded us. I have made you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and they honored the word of the Lord. And all who were appointed for eternal life believed. you know that Paul, when he was speaking this, he actually quoting from the Bible? Isaiah 49, is it? Um, he's quoting what God spoke over Jesus. So here you have Paul preaching to the Jews. They get thrown out, so they go to the Gentiles, and he quotes this passage about Jesus. So God said that Jesus would be this one, this light for the Gentiles, right? Paul gets up and he says, that's us, because we're bringing the light to you. We're telling you about Jesus. You know the next cool part is? He didn't then say, oh, and we're the special ones, so you've just got to listen to us while we shine our lights to you. No, he's saying if we can, uh, what's the word, uh, appropriate what God said to, about Jesus for ourselves, so can you. As much as we are the light to the Gentiles, to you, you too can shine and bring salvation to the ends of the earth. You see, Old Testament concept about Jesus. New Testament, Paul says, that's us and it's you. Isn't that cool? We get called to shine our lights so that people can see Jesus. Do your good work so that people will glorify your Father in heaven. You get the point? When we live river of life, people see our light our good works, and the Father is glorified. So normal sucks because normal is broke. You might be saying, hey Greg, who are you to say? Stick around. Stick around. Jesus calls us to stand out and be salt and light, not just to be normal like everyone else. The average South African, the normal South African. When I'm done with this, you're going to say, I don't want to be normal. Stick around. The average South African, <laughs> how's this, South Africa's a little different to other countries, the average South African earns between 6,000 and 40,000 Rand a month. It's like, okay, what's average like between 6 and 40, okay? Technically, uh, May 2022, the average salary in South Africa was 24,000 Rand. Now, right there, of course, some of you to stumble, and some of you to be proudful. <laughs> if you earn more, you're going, <clears throat> if you earn less, you're going, ah, eh, you know, <laughs> huh? The median salary, in other words, the fifty percent tile, fifty percent earn less than, fifty percent earn more than is thirty thousand rand. Okay. The average, the normal South African, when faced with the emergency of a thousand rand, that's less than one car tire. <laughs> of normal South Africans would be able to cover a thousand rand emergency without going into debt, without swiping their credit card. 39% of us would be able to cover a 5,000 rand emergency. 25% of us, that's less than 3 out of 10, 1, 2, 3, yeah? Less than 3 out of 10 would be able to cover a 10,000 rand emergency out of savings without going into debt. It got very serious. It's good for us. In fact, FNB says less than 60% of their middle-income earners have enough emergency savings to see them through a loss of regular income for three months or longer. Less than 6% of us, normal South Africans, could cope if we lost our job for three months. Now, hello, most of South Africa doesn't have jobs to lose. And those of us that have them will be in this position. Debt Rescue, you know that uh, debt counseling service? Debt Rescue did some, have some stats. They say 60% of the population struggling to meet their monthly payments, home loans and uh, credit cards. Forty-five percent of South Africans just struggle to keep up to date with the payments they've agreed to make. Twenty-three percent of normal South Africans have money left at the end of the month. You're going like, who's that? Twenty-three percent. But you know what that means? That means 77 percent of normal countrymen of your mind, normal people, are broke at the end of the month and will never be able to save a cent. Nearly eight out of ten. One, two, hey? The Normal South African, the average South African owes 75% of their income to payments every month. Three quarters of what you earn. Think of your earnings. Think of your salary, your your family earnings. Three quarters of it, the normal South African has already um, committed elsewhere. Told you normal sucks. Dudley Daniel said, for too long the subnormal has become the normal so that the normal is now considered the supernatural. Just normal. If 75% of normal South Africans, uh, 77% of normal South Africans can't save a cent Man, when you save 100 rand, you think, this is like breakthrough. Hallelujah. Because normal, subnormal has become normal. Then when normal becomes, it's like, man, I'm on fire. Sound familiar? You know, 47% of Americans would be able to cover a $400 emergency. That's less than half. have got 400 bucks that they could access cash money is the number one issue married couples argue about statistically 73% of divorces cite money as the leading cause for the issues in the marriage you understand if we can just fix the money (laughs) marriages get sorted out so now if you come, you want to get married at Grace Cove, if you're a member, you want to come through our pre-marriage preparation, you do fa- financial peace. Because that gives us 73% of the problems sorted just right there. Y- you with us? We did financial peace, one of, the, one of the financial pieces over the year. This couple said to me, Craig, we came to get our money sorted out. We got our marriage sorted out. It's amazing. All right, so does it have to be this way? Does it have to be this way? Well, is there another way? Well, I've got good news for you. And I need to hurry up. So in America, the uh, financial peace people did the largest study of millionaires ever done in the States. 10,000 millionaires they surveyed and they found, contrary to popular belief, the 10,000 people were ordinary people who built their wealth slowly through savings, pensions, and investments. Top three. Profession was teacher. Millionaires. Millionaires. The first is lawyer. The second is accountant. Well, if the accountant can't get it right. The third, teacher. I'm not talking about the accountancy teacher. I'm just talking about teachers. Yeah, The top third, millionaires, teacher. 90% of them didn't inherit because you all think, oh, you're rich because you're hooked up by your family. 97% 97% of them didn't inherit, inherit their money. 80% of them exercise three times a week. Characteristics of people who are millionaires. 62% of them earned a household income of less than $100,000 a year. Now we've got to do the math, right? But just think about it in South Africa. If you earned, earned 100,000 rand in the year, could you imagine having a million rand Um, net wealth are you thinking no it can't be well for 62% of them it was 55% of these millionaires gave to charities and churches on a regular basis 50% of them had a B average in school or less so it's not just the rich guys it's not just the clever guys it's not just the special guys 18% of them were self-employed 9% of them didn't graduate from college on average, these millionaires, their homes are 260 square meters and they've lived in the same house for an average of 17 years. They paid it off in 11. I hope that gives you hope because normal sucks. That's not normal. <laughs> so number three, why does normal suck so much? You're going to go home and like, be apologizing for your language all week after this sermon, Right? Why does normal suck so much? So, in South Africa, in South Africa, we're just talking real, just talking facts. I'm trying to give you as much information so you don't go home saying, Oh, the church told me I have to tithe, otherwise the Lord will judge me. That's not the only way that we handle our money, right? In South Africa, the bank will give you up to 30% of your gross income on your bond, they'll give you up to 20% of your gross income. On car payments, I won't ask who's just bought a car or a house, and then you can, I won't put you on the spot. Do you realize, have you done this, maths? That's half of what you earn. The bank will happily give you in debt. The bank will, with a smile, take your money, knowing full well that you got 50% of what the rest is other than your house and your car. If you're a Christian, 10% goes to your tithe, And you haven't even paid tax yet and you've only got 40% left. (laughs) No wonder we feel like we work as hard as we can to earn all the money we can and we still don't have enough money as we need to live comfortably without worrying about money. You guys are looking more and more depressed the longer (laughs) I go. So I told you normal sucks. Um, Hopefully, Shane, the guys are struggling there, but hopefully we can get... So let's say, for example, you're working on a 20,000 rand income. I've, I've used round figures so that you can divide and multiply to get wherever you are. 20,000 rand, well, you're a Christian, right? So 10% goes to your tithe. That's two grand. That means you've got 18 left. The bank will give you, uh, the taxman will take 3,000 off of that. That leaves you with 15,000 left. The bank will give you 6,000 on your house. That leaves you with 9,000 left. The bank will give you 4,000 on your car. That leaves you with 5,000 left. You earn 20, you've got five to live on. And that's normal. How about things are going a bit better and you have a family income of 50 grand? Because this you can just multiply. it, You double it and it's a percent, okay? Well, the first five is your tax. That gives you 45 left. Then 10 will go to tax. That gives you 35 left. 10 will go to the car because the bank will happily take your money. That leaves you with 25 left. 50, uh, what did I say? Um, 15 goes to your house. 10 goes to your car. End up with seven thousand rand for the rest of the month you notice the difference the guy with 20 has five the guy with 50 has two it has seven it's two more different you earn two and a half times as much the difference is two thousand rand you wonder why the game rules of life are working against you how much harder you work for 50 than for 20 hey are you even better off at the end of the month? You think, man, I'm just going to go and live on the beach and, like, I don't know, eat coconuts. Hey? hey? I feel like I need to, like, reassure you. You're all like, Craig, no, please. Like, this is the end. Lord Jesus, come quickly. You understand, friends, how normal is stacked against you. Yeah? I don't really have time for this, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Not so long ago, FNB, on their webpage, you'll find it still, brought out a preset button where you can buy your lotto tickets. You can buy your electricity, you can buy airtime, you can buy lotto tickets on FNB's website. Remember the banks, we, we listen to the banks because they give us fiduciary advice. Anything that sounds like that must be good, right? Fiduciary advice. They tell us how to spend our money. 30%, 30% of this, 20% of yes. And then they tell you that one click and you can get lotto tickets. Back in the day when they did it, I was like, no ways. I sent an email. Do you think it got replied? No. I sent another email. Do you think that got replied? It was in the days when um, Twitter was trending. And so I jumped on Twitter. Remember FNB, they were trying to be cool and they had their Twitter account, um, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. And so I tweeted. I said, are you telling me, FNB, that this is your best advice for me to buy lotto tickets with my money? Well, because it was now public, they had to answer. You know the answer that came back? Well, sir, if you feel, it's like nothing about my feelings. This is not my feelings. Facts are my friends. This is not, I don't feel like I should buy a lottery ticket. Is this wise? They wouldn't give me an answer. That button stays on the website till today. Banks are not your friends. They're a business trying to make money out of you and me. Don't listen to them. Listen to the Bible, not your bank manager. Got it? Okay. So normal means. Work takes my tax. Bank takes my car and bond installments. Then I need to feed my family, send them to school, keep the lights and the water on. When I look again, how can I afford to put God first? I just don't have the money for it. When God wants to put me in a position to hear from Him and serve people in His name, not to be in bondage to payments. He wants to give us freedom and options. You see, many of us sense that God is calling us to do something for Him, but we just don't have the resources to do it. 75% is already committed. i just got to pay my kids and send them to school. Lord, I can't say yes to you this week or this month. Told you normal sucks. Let me give you some hope and I'll finish, okay? going to have a look at some of the characteristics of people who experience debt-free living. Quick hint. It's probably a bunch of school teachers that do this stuff. Luke chapter 14 verse 28, it says, Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Don't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it. Friends, we can live a non-normal life. But you've got to sit down and think it through. You've got to Stick to a plan. So, characteristics of not normal people. Number one, they use self control. They use self control. <laughs> they use self control. You know when you're dieting and you open the fridge and there's a chocolate cake in it? You reach right past and you take the celery and you close the fridge. People who live debt free are people who use self control. Dave Ramsey says adults make a plan and follow it. Children, do whatever feels good. What's the culture of the day telling us? You do you. Just do what feels good. You're telling me to do this or do that? Well do whatever you feel is the right thing to do. What's your truth? Do that and you'll feel better. Adults, make a plan. <laughs> Grown ups. Kids, just do what makes me feel good. I scream and cry till I get enough sugar to make me happy. Number two. Non-normal people are not afraid to say no. You know why they put the sweets at the aisle in the it's hard to live debt free if you're always saying yes to every social opportunity that comes your way. These people learn to say no now so that they can say yes later. <laughs> don't come to me and say, Oh Craig, you don't know how much money I saved. This thing was on special or was such a bargain. I spent millions to save thousands. Non-normal people (laughs) have self-control. They can say no. Number three, non-normal people set goals. They set goals. They know where they're going and they've made some um, steps along the way to get there. They set goals that are specific, measurable, time-sensitive and written down. If you can't write your goal down, you will never get to it. Setting goals, ask yourself, what do I want? Think about it now, you're allowed. What do I want in life? What do I want? Then you ask, what needs to be true for that to happen? I want to be the president. Okay, cool. Um, well, what needs to be true for that to happen? Yeah, I want to be self-sufficient. I want to, whether you're rich or poor is irrelevant, to whether you have financial peace. The Bible calls it contentment. So people that live debt-free are able to set goals. Number four, they're willing to make sacrifices. Willing to make sacrifices. They have a clear image of their preferred future, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to get there. That means I won't buy that pair of shoes on special offer today, because in Twelve months time, I'm going to do something else. Number four, num- sorry, number five, they don't compare. Talk about the culture of the day. You know, everyone living their best social media life? How's that compared to you and yours? <laughs> That's not real. It's not real. They don't compare. Debt-free people don't compare their lives with those down the street or on social media. They know they're on their own journey, chasing after their own goals and dreams. They are more at peace and content with the lives that they live. You know that guy, your neighbor across the road, just because he gets something shiny, shiny, it means nothing to you. I'm so glad you're happy, great, but it doesn't affect my life. Last one non normal people, people that are able to live debt free, are generous it's in the hearts. it's a characteristic <laughs> where the river flows there's trees there's fruit there's animals there's fish in the water there's beauty and bounty debt free people know that they have freedom and they can give generously they can live like no one else so that later you can live and give like no one else you feeling okay have i rattled you a little bit apologize for my language But normal sucks. I don't want to be normal. I don't want to be normal. You know what? You go to work every day with normal people. You think, oh, Lord, I'm not Billy Graham. How on earth am I ever going to point them to Jesus? I want to say when they're worried about their money and you're content, (laughs) it's like a bright sign pointing towards Jesus. Where did you learn to manage your money? Well, in church. What? You notice I haven't asked you for money. You noticed? I want us all to not be normal. I want us all to live now like no one else, so later we can live and give like no one else. Normal people, (laughs) the game beats them. How about you and I changing the rules, living in a way that normal people don't live, that people might look at us and glorify our Father in heaven. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that you would help us respond to you this has been so down to earth and (laughs) kind of almost non-spiritual but father that you would settle us i pray we respond to your challenges as you give them to us that we could meet people at wells who are struggling and have something to offer them in jesus name amen god bless you tea and coffee in the courtyard